You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about animal-based and what that is and how you can maybe fit some of that into your lifestyle if it resonates with you. There's a lot of different diets out there and I hate following a specific diet. And I, 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 even though I'm talking about this because this is one that I feel like I resonate most with, I don't follow one kind of specific diet. You know, there's plant-based, there's carnivore, there's keto, there's Whole30, there's all these different things. And then now there's animal-based, which people are like, well, what is that? Well, um, this term I found from Dr. Paul Saladino. I really like a lot of his work. I think we can really look up to certain people, even if we don't idolize or subscribe to everything that they say. I think that's what's really cool about taking in various forms of information. There's And there's a lot of people that I get great things from. I mean, there's certain practitioners that I get a lot of other good information from that are more plant-based, but I take what they know and I know how my body feels. So anyways, I found his work back in, I think 2019 or 2020, I read his book, The Carnivore Code, where at that time, 99% just organ meats and meat, no plant food at all. I don't even know if he, he did not at that point even include dairy. So it was mainly keto, obviously, because you're just eating fats, you know, animal fats and organs and stuff. So I read his book. I got a lot of really great information and I agree with a lot of the things, you know, we need to cut out vegetable oils. We need to prioritize high quality protein. We need to prioritize organ meats because they're so high in nutrients. You know, there's so many great aspects of it. And it's also really interesting to learn about certain anti-nutrients in food, which if you want to pause this episode and go back to episode number 59, pro-metabolic eating with the strong sisters. We talk a lot about anti-nutrients and nutrient density in food and how there are certain things and especially leafy greens and various forms of plant foods that can really trigger autoimmunity, gut issues, bloating, things like oxalates, lectins, um, and um, how for a lot of people, especially on a healing journey, that can be disadvantageous to what your goals are. And so Throughout kind of following Dr. Paul Saladino and his work, he has realized, okay, we really do need various forms of carbohydrates, especially um, from plant sources, but they are more of kind of the fruit sources. And he talks a lot about fruits are really what nature wants us to intend because to intend to eat because we eat it and we eat the seeds, we poop out the seeds, the plant's able to regrow. Whereas there are certain plant foods where their only way to defend themselves is via plant chemicals, which are a lot of times these anti-nutrients. So with animal-based, essentially we're kind of picking a protein, whether that's beef, pork, chicken, organ meats, bone broth, fish, eggs, lamb, deer, whatever. That's a majority of your calories, 30 to 40%. You can pick your carbs, which can be 
not what you'd think. Um, usually an animal base, we'd think it was just the protein that I just mentioned, but with animal base, it's the easier to digest fruits, vegetables, things that don't have as many anti-nutrients, things that are easier for our body to digest because of the fact that they don't contain these plant chemicals, things like zucchini, squash, cucumber, because technically all of those are fruit-based vegetables, things like apples, berries, dates, oranges, pineapple, honey, um, even sweet potatoes, because they definitely um, can be easier to digest. Um, they have they don't have nightshades like regular potatoes. And I'll talk about how I take this and I incorporate my own kind of spin on it because I don't, I guess, follow a specific diet. But it is really, I take a lot of this foundation into what I eat. And then the fats are uh, tallow, butter, ghee, ghee, which is just clarified butter. So people can tend to do a lot better with that. Um, grass-fed cheeses or raw cheeses, avocados, egg yolks, grass-fed um, raw dairies, olive oil, yogurts, bone marrow. Um, I don't think I'm missing any. Coconut. Um, coconut is a big one too for animal-based. Um, and I would add also coconut water to the carbohydrate and things like that. So pretty much, you know, you have a lot more wide variety of foods and people are like, well, where are the vegetables? So you can add obviously the, the things that I said, like the squash, zucchini, um, things like that, sweet potatoes. The, the main things that it's kind of emitting are a lot of the harder to digest vegetables, uh, leafy greens, kale, Brussels, like the cruciferous, um, which a lot, the, so I do believe that sometimes those can have a place in people's routine for sure, especially seasonal. I mean, right now we've definitely been more animal based because a lot of that stuff's not in season anyways. Whereas if, and it's the middle of winter, I'm not going to eat a raw salad in the middle of winter. Whereas in the summer, I'm, sometimes we just love grilling some chicken, putting it on a salad with some goat cheese and some olive oil. I mean, that is good. And so I'm not saying I don't ever eat those things, but for the majority of our diet, especially this winter, it has really been a lot of what I just mentioned. And for fruits, obviously we can't get that seasonally. So we do a lot of frozen fruit that we'll mix into like a raw milk smoothie or I'll uh, put it in yogurt. Um, I've been doing a lot of baked apples. That's like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite snacks with some heavy whipped cream. Really good. So for us, this has kind of just been easy. Like in January, we did animal-based 100%. Like we didn't do, um, I guess it's not, a. I mean, it's pretty close. Like we didn't do any chocolate or um, we didn't add any granola we do the purely Elizabeth granola. We just pretty much like if we wanted a snack, it was just yogurt and berries with honey. Um, and pretty much like no, um, gluten-free based pasta. We did do sourdough. So fermented foods is also something that I incorporate. So I will incorporate raw, uh, fermented cabbage. I will do fermented kefir, which that would count as dairy. I do fermented grains, which I am going to do a whole podcast on sourdough because I'm not an expert, but I think it's helpful to learn from people in their journeys. And I have really enjoyed sourdough. It's very easy for us to digest. And I'm even switching to a new flour that's even more digestible, even less anti-nutrients um, because the whole fermentation process of either vegetables or grains does make it much more bioavailable in terms of nutrient absorption. And you're also really emitting a lot of anti-nutrients. So I also really resonate with a lot of the work of, what oh my gosh, Weston A. Price. So he, they talk a lot about fermenting grains, fermenting vegetables that are harder to digest and how that really improves the digestibility and the anti-nutrient content. So I'd say in terms of where we sit, it's very much so somewhere in the middle. I don't never eat vegetables. I, I still eat them. 
it depends on kind of the season. It depends on how I'm feeling, but I definitely would say the majority of what I eat is very much so gravitating to a lot of the things that I just listed off. And of course, that's not an all-inclusive list. There are other things in there that, um, you know, really any type of fruits or fruit-based vegetable is obviously incorporated with that. Any type of animal protein, um, animal fats, including, you know, coconut, um, cause that's a great fat as well. So, um, and avocado oil could be inc- incorporated. That olive oil, I also would incorporate, but with olive oil, you just want to make sure it's a good quality because technically olive is a fruit. So it is a fruit oil. That's why I really re- always recommend olive, avocado, or even the animal fats because the avocado and olive, it's a fruit. It's not a seed. Whereas the seed oils, which I've talked extensively, extensively about, the soy, sunflower, safflower, corn, cottonseed, and canola, those are seed-based oils. So that is so much harder to extract oil out of. And plus the fact that it needs to be deodorized and all the things that doesn't really have a place in a diet. I mean, we do not consume it I'm, apart from maybe when we can't control it if we are eating out. But for the most part, even when you're eating out, um, you can ask someone to cook something in butter. Or I know a lot like at the golf course where we eat um, a, at least every month, they don't use oil on the grill. So if we're getting fish or something like they're using olive oil to drizzle or they're just not using something. So you can just ask, but for the majority, as long as you're controlling what you can control, that's an option. Um, another thing that wasn't on there that is something that we do include that uh, kind of along with the fermentation helps a lot with digestibility is rice. So if you soak rice in water overnight and then you rinse it with filtered water and then you cook it, you drastically reduce the heavy metal content because a lot of rice is does have arsenic in it. Um, certain rices from Pakistan, I know Pakistan and California have the less amount just because that's it's less occurring in their soil. And it's, made, it's coming from the soil because rice is very absorbent. So it's soaking a lot of that stuff up. Um, so if you eat rice a few times a week, it's just a good idea to soak it or look at the origin that you're getting it in. White rice, basmati, jasmine rice, those are much easier to digest than things like brown rice, which is interesting because a lot of I remember back in the day, I was talking to my husband about this. I always used to opt for brown rice because I thought it was healthier. And it's not necessarily, and arguably brown rice actually does come with more arsenic because of, um, it's, it's more of the actual rice seed. So you're getting more of what it's absorbing. So we do eat rice maybe once maybe, maybe twice a week. And we really make it pre-digestible by soaking it overnight, rinsing it. And then I usually like to cook it in bone broth if I can. And that drastically increases the um, bioavailability, bioavailability of the nutrients. You're getting all of the great stuff within the bone broth. And then you're decreasing a lot of the heavy metals from soaking the rice. So rice would be another carb that I think is definitely included. And if I were to say how we typically eat, you know, yes, we have sourdough and rice and these different things. But I think if you can for the majority of your diet, really stick to like the high quality protein. If you can do dairy, dairy getting it um, raw or at least non-homogenized, great. Um, grass fed is even better. Uh, if you can't do that, organic is a definitely great. And then if you can't quite yet tolerate dairy on your journey, you can definitely still do things like coconut yogurt and 
coconut based alternatives, just look at the ingredient. I know for yogurt, a lot of my clients who can't yet tolerate yogurt really like coconut cull. And I know coconut bliss is I think another great one. So you can still kind of have this format of eating or a style of how you're kind of building your plate, getting a lot of the nutrients while reducing a lot of anti-nutrients and still, you know, really succeed on your healing journey. I see this to be very helpful, especially for people with chronic gut issues, people with chronic skin issues. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly very, very helpful for just reducing inflammation in the body. Cause it just, it's very, it's very evolutionary appropriate. It's, I'd say it, it's a very level parallel with paleo. Honestly, um, I know paleo doesn't include grains. Um, but then when I was consider, I would say I, we really do eat I don't even, it's so hard to classify diets, right? Cause it's like, okay, well we do, but then some people don't believe that dairy has a place in paleo. And then some people don't believe that grains or even fermented have a place in paleo. So I'm like, I don't know what we follow, but it's like, okay, I resonate with certain areas of this. I resonate with a lot of areas of this. So it, I'm just kind of sharing my take on animal based, how it fits into our lifestyle, how it kind of plays into effect. You know, we do coffee. We just make sure that it's a single origin. Um, we try to get organic or organic practices if possible. So, I mean, there's so many ways that you can really improve a lot of nutrient absorption. Cause I, that's something that, you know, Dr. Paul Saladino talks about. He, he is very much so more limited in terms of what he eats than, than we are, but I just kind of listen to my body, see how I feel. And I really am trying to, okay, how can I prioritize the most amount of nutrients at every single one of my meals. And obviously if you did nothing else, I've, I feel like I've talked about this a lot, but incorporating organs, even just if you ate a little bit of liver one time a week, this morning I made an animal based smoothie, which was just cherries, organic frozen cherries, organic strawberries, grass fed milk, um, grass fed whey. And I put a few pieces of liver in there and I cannot even taste it. It's such a sneaky way to incorporate that into your smoothies. You can cut it up small enough and freeze it so that it's almost like a pill size that you just kind of swallow like that. Um, anytime I make ground meat, I'm always finding a way to sneak in heart and liver there. Heart is, it's great on its own. Um, but it's, it's just a way to really kind of add a lot more nutrient density. So even if, you know, if you feel good eating, you know, salads and stuff like that and veggies and cruciferous, I mean, please continue eating them. Um, this is, if, if you feel like, wow, I'm feeling really bloated, or I feel like I'm having a flare in skin issues or eczema, you just want to obviously think about some of the anti-nutrients. So again, to learn more about that, definitely make sure you listen to episode number 59. Ashley Armstrong goes over various types of anti-nutrients and how they might be affecting you and whether digestively or internally showing up on your skin. Some people are more sensitive to them than others. There's also very simple ways that you can kind of reduce that by how you cook it. Um, for instance, cooking rice and something like a rice cooker, like cooking it for a long time, soaking the rice, uh, for tomatoes and lectin things, you can make sure the skin and the seeds are out. So even though something that you love might not be on that list, that very short list, please don't look at that as an all-inclusive type thing. But if you are really having a lot of symptoms and your autoimmunity is flaring, whether that's your thyroid or Crohn's or, IBS or something, it is definitely a very good place to look. And I feel like this is a diet that you're probably never going to hear in a conventional office. Um, most people that come to me that see holistic, con holistic in quotes, conventional providers are all preaching plant-based and I don't have anything against 
plant-based, but it is, it is absolutely not my approach. If you haven't figured that out from listening to this podcast over 150 episodes in, I don't believe that it's great for everybody. Some people might thrive on that and that's awesome for them. It's not my wheelhouse. Um, if anything, I've seen way too many people go more plant-based and vegan and have an extraordinary amount of symptom flares, um, hair loss, very dull skin, very low libido, very low muscle mass. Um, that's not saying it's not possible. I'm, I, I think that certain forms of plants can for, should have a great place in our diet, especially seasonal fruits, um, things like cucumbers, zucchinis, squashes, all those different types are amazing. Awesome. And I even really like arugula. It's a really great bitter green. So a lot of people digest that a lot better. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I think we all, hopefully at this point, you've listened to hopefully this many episodes, you kind of know my approach and I really do try to be nuanced and I try to not be an all or nothing because I'm growing too. I'm learning. I'm learning along the way. I'm changing. I'm constantly reframing and trying different things. So I use this podcast as a platform for you to learn and grow with me and to try different things. And as always, you always want to do what works best for you and your body. So just because I listed off those foods and kind of talked about the foods that we incorporate, if you know that you don't do well with a certain food, please don't incorporate that food, right? Um, And if you're wondering how you might be able to do better incorporating certain foods, like dairy is one that I know that most people want to incorporate more. You really just want to make sure you look at your gut health. Um, Leaky gut, intestinal permeability, and parasites, I will tell you, people who have cleansed parasites can now tolerate dairy again. That is the best feeling in the entire world because dairy truly is, it can be a really, really great source of protein, Fermented dairy is obviously a great source of probiotics and great commensal bacteria. Raw dairy has just so many great health benefits. And so I'm not saying everybody, you know, 100% needs to have those things. But if someone is looking to incorporate more of those things, being able to look at what does the integrity of your gut look like and how can we optimize it so that maybe we can tolerate these foods that I love or I want to incorporate more of if that's your goal. Parasites are a huge one, I will tell you, and especially linked with eczema because I know we talked about skin stuff. So there are obviously very many, so many parallels that go along with, okay, if you want to heal X, Y, and Z, autoimmunity, eczema, intolerances, it's not just as simple as, okay, just cut out these anti-nutrients and you'll heal. It's a huge part of it is limiting any source of inflammation. But if, as, of, as always, it, it definitely goes deeper and to balancing certain underlying things that could very well be off. But I think in general, it's a this is a really good place to start. And I think it's so much easier to follow than most people think, especially if you kind of are incorporating foods that are just majority of your diet is these really super easy to digest foods, um, very nutrient dense. And then if you're sprinkling other things in, you're looking and you're mindful of ingredients, you are making sure they're maybe prepared properly, like soaking, sprouted, all the things, because that really, really does significantly help. So it's by no means an all or nothing. It's not like, oh, I don't follow this 100% perfect. Therefore, I am not animal based because that's kind of what I fall into. But I mean, for the most part, when people ask how I eat that it, for people who are familiar with it, that's pretty much what I say, because it's, it's darn close. Um, and then as you heal, you can incorporate more things like, you know, maybe fermented grains or, um, soaked and sprouted rice, whatever. So anyways, this is kind of my take on it. This is how we go about it. This is some of the things that we've noticed in terms of health benefits, um, 
really we've gotten really strong um nick just i think squatted all the plates that we have the other day i've noticed an, a huge increase in muscle mass my skin is great my digestion's great all the things that have been great on my health journey but that i feel like have continued to improve um so it's just going to kind of continue to be a focus of our diet and then of course if we're wanting certain things seasonally we are going to add them in and we have done that uh, last year i plan to do that this year because i do like to add certain variety at certain times but i just always like to be mindful of how i feel and how i'm preparing certain things so anyways thanks for listening make sure to give a five star if you're enjoying the show and i would love to hear any feedback share on instagram if you do make sure to tag me and i will see you here next week